I want to be personal wrestler, and I am a bad guy. Why do you want to be a bad guy? Because my family left me. It don't make you a bad guy. Good guys get left too, Zach. Ain't about no silly laugh or wearing black and eyeshadow and shit. It had nothing to do with that. It has to do with what's in here, in your heart. You got a good guy heart. You can't do shit about it. That's just who you are. You're a hero. I can't be a hero because I am a Down syndrome. What's that got to do with your heart? What is everyone? Welcome back to the Red String Movie Podcast, the podcast where everything is connected. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson, and joining me is my friend and the man most likely to wrestle a kid and go too far, Alex Perkins. Perk, how are you doing tonight? I've broken a limb or two in my days. Yeah? <laughs> You've, uh, have you thrown anybody out of a ring? Um, no, but I've thrown you off a boat. Does that count? I'll count it. I'll allow it. We'll that allow was, it, all right. That was a hot minute ago, but it was a fun time. That was a, a good long while ago. I can't even imagine summer right now, because we're in winter, and winter sucks. <laughs> the, the dark depths of the cold. I was uh, I was going out to get dinner this weekend, and there was freezing rain, and I'd forgotten about that. So I stepped outside, and I slipped and fell down the stairs outside my apartment. Oh, God. And oh, I'm dear. fine, but I was like, no, thank you. I don't need this. But that's not what we're here to talk about tonight. We're here to talk about movies specifically the peanut butter falcon and uh you know rigmarole you can find our show on fridays on podcast services we're not doing anything else yet but we're, for now we're just talking about movies and perk why don't you intro this movie for us yeah all right peanut butter falcon is only a couple of years old what 2019 2019 yep yeah i don't actually know but uh yeah so it's about um the main character, Zach, is a Down Syndrome person, and mm-hmm. he breaks out of a an elder care home that he's been stashed away in, and mm-hmm. it's about his odyssey down the coast, and he teams up with uh, Shia LaBeouf, who's also kind of transient, and, and they work together and, and adventure and have a good time. Uh, yeah, it stars uh, Shia LaBeouf and... This uh, Zach, I gotta look up his last name. He uh, got Gotsigan. Yeah, Gotsigan. That's all right. So he is actually a person with Down syndrome, um, and that's a, a little fun fact about this movie. Is the directors uh, met Zach at a uh, camp for people with uh, special needs, and mm. he said his dream was to be a movie star. So they made a movie around him. <laughs> which is which is super cool that's awesome uh, yeah and and he is fantastic like he knocks it out of the park oh yeah so, he absolutely kills it uh including the the line that he uh is prompted by shia labeouf what's the first rule and he says party and that was ad-libbed <laughs> oh really that was, yeah it was on the spot that's fantastic. It comes back later, and I, I really appreciate no, it. No, yeah, it's a fantastic line, too. Really <laughs> clever. Well, yes, to that perk, what do you think of this movie overall? Um, 
I think this movie can be perfectly surmised by the term charming. Mm-hmm. It's just like so fun and positive and just it feels like a hug. This movie, watching <laughs> this movie, feels like a hug. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Uh, it's a how very... did you feel about it? Did you hate it? <laughs> no, no, I really, I really liked it. I think the chemistry between Zach and Shia is just like insane. It's so good, um, and just yeah, everything about this movie is just very, like I said, kind of heartwarming and um, just fun to watch. I will say, I could have gone for more. I wish it was a little bit longer. Um, in particularly, I think it ends pretty abruptly, which like is fine, but I could have gone for a little more there. And then I think also. The scene where they meet the blind guy, uh, Jasper. Jasper. Feel like yeah. there's a lot cut out of that part. But besides that, I mean, yeah, I really like this movie. I would recommend it to pretty much anybody. I mean, sure, it's a good, like, feel good movie. Um, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it's uh, it's another one of those, you know, like Shia LaBeouf redemption tour movies mm-hmm. where he's just been on the indie circuit doing little movies like this and absolutely not phoning it in. No, and yeah. he wasn't even supposed to be in this movie. The part was written for Ben Foster, but uh, he had just had a kid, so he couldn't couldn't take the time, and so he offered it to Shia LaBeouf. I agree. Shia is, is really good, and I think his performance. I, I really like what to do with his character because they have you know in the beginning you understand pretty quick, like easily what's going on or quickly what's going on. I will say I was a little bit confused on all of like the rules and regulations with the crab pot shit that like, was the main kind of impetus for his having to be on the run. Um, but I like how they kept doing like the flashbacks to him and his brother. And like, there's just no sound. Like we, like, we never hear John Bernthal actually talk in this movie. We just see him and try to interact in these brief little like glimpses at the past, um, which I really liked. I think it worked really well. And probably my favorite moment of the movie is after Zach and Shia build the boat at Jasper's place and they're just sitting on the river. And, uh, Zach, uh, says like, you can have all my, birthday wishes and try to starts crying like he remembers like kind of being in the same spot with his brother and uh it's fantastic um so yeah shy absolutely killed it i think i like dakota johnson in this though i didn't really buy that she fell for shia you know what i mean yeah i i uh i don't know i think yeah she's good but i think she her character more exists just to to be a foil like her character doesn't really mm-hmm. stand uh on her own because obviously she's around to represent the establishment and institutionalization mm-hmm. and uh what like how demeaning society is to uh people with down syndrome but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. her character really isn't much past that and then she just kind of joins the gang and it's just that i don't know it she doesn't detract at all, but no. I don't think her character adds all that much. Yeah, I'd agree. Like, I, I like her relationship with Zach, and I like the three of them hanging out. But, like, in part- the scene where um, her and Shy are, like, up on that pier, and he, like, asks her about, like, her um, bracelet and, like, all the inch- like, oh, her husband died. And then he doesn't even say his brother died, but he's like, me and you are really similar, and we're not. And I'm like, you're just saying that. Like, you need to show me that more. Like, <laughs> I don't really, like, I don't really buy... Like, I get that he would fall for her because, like, he's a dude that has eyes. But I don't really get that she would go, like, fall for him as quickly as she does. I mean, they only were together for, like, a day, like, two days. Um, yeah. 
So that was a little bit of a stretch for me. But like overall, I like the family dynamic that they have. And um, I, I also really like when they get to Thomas Hayden Church. And, you know, I was I was scared, Perk, because like, you know, they go to his house and he's not, you know, the wrestler anymore. Not redneck. Yeah. It's not red, it's not water redneck anymore. And they're walking away, and they and we're they're leading up to this like in, this hard conversation that needs to be had with Zach. I'm like, I don't want to see this, Perk. I don't want to see them break this kid's heart. Uh, but then he comes in with the the car. And I'm like, okay, this is this is fantastic. This is exactly what I needed right now. Uh, this is so good. coming off of last week. Yes, yes, yeah, a lot more. something with a little positivity to it. Yes, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, and I, I like the setting a lot. I I I'll be honest when the movie started, I'm like, is this in like Louisiana, like. Because I don't really think it's in Virginia. I think from the in the beginning, right? Uh, I think North Carolina. Well, I know they go to North Carolina. That's where the where Saltwater Redneck. I think they start in Virginia because they when they're at the gas station, they ask where Dakota's from. Which they go from Richmond, oh, Virginia. Okay. But I never think of that part of the country as being that like overgrown and kind of what I think of as like the South. I mean, I'm not saying that's not the South, but like. I don't really think of that part of the country in that way. So I think it was a cool setting and watching them kind of traverse through the environment was really fun. Yeah. Uh, it's a cool, like uh, Odyssey esque type, you know, journey that they go on. I mm-hmm. like, I'm totally half baked with nothing to back it up. I'm sure that there's a story from Greek mythology that parallels <laughs> their journey. Cause like the, the shit where they visit Jasper feels so random. It's like, yeah, and the fact that he's blind, I'm like, there's probably that we're this is a Greek story. It well, they mentioned they mentioned Mark Twain at one point, and there's probably something there too. I'm not up in my yeah, literary I've history. not read Twain either. So <laughs> I, it's not really our, our bag, unfortunately. We're gonna we're gonna say that this movie is one to one parallel with a uh, Greek Mark Twain <laughs> novel. I, I just really like how they treated Zach in this movie because I mean. You you also understand him immediately. Like the first scene of this movie is him breaking out of um, the other care home in like a super funny way of him passing the note to the woman, and yeah. <laughs> it's just like a, a very like it's just a diagram. Like I give you the pudding, you help me get out of here, uh, <laughs> and then he you know, gets tackled immediately. But um, and him and Carl's relationship with that's really funny. You just like instantly fall in love with this kid. You want him to do well, and uh, yeah, no, and I, I just, think I love him. the. Yeah, the movie has a, like, it has a lesson to it that's pretty important where, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times in this movie you, like, feel bad for Zach for whatever reason, but, you know, the movie kind of along the way teaches you you should not, you know, you shouldn't feel bad for him just based on, you know, his disability because he's more than that. Mm -hmm. He's a person on his own and... It gets a little bit heavy-handed with that when Dakota Johnson joins the team and mm-hmm. like tries to help Zach get dressed and stuff, and he he can do that. So yeah, yeah. But a good a good message, mm-hmm. um, and with good representation, which is always nice. Yeah, no, for sure. And like you said, like it's not like he was like a I don't know like token guy they put in. Like he actually acts like very well in this movie and does a lot of great stuff. Um, and like you said, the party line, I like the callback of when they first meet up. He's like, what's the first rule? He's like, party. He's like, no, it's don't slow me down. But then later on when they're hanging out, he's like, what's the first rule? Yeah. It's like, and they're both like, party, you know. Party, like, yeah. There's a lot of great <laughs> stuff like that. There's a lot of like stuff we don't see that I think it works well. Like we, we don't see every single interaction between them, but we get it's kind of implied it. And they 
Um, they, they, their chemistry is just off the charts. But yeah, how did you how did you feel about the ending? Because like for me, you know he's doing the atomic throw. Like it's got to happen, right? And because <laughs> of how many times they've told you it's impossible. Exactly. And I will say it did look a little bit cheesy, just because if you're watching Samson, like he's just like a board, and then they like throw a motion blur on him as like he throws him out. But like it doesn't really matter. It's about the hype of the scene. But like immediately, no, I, I, it tries I think in the it hospital. Is... Yeah, yeah, no, I think the the throw is specifically ridiculous. Yeah, like I mean, because it, it it like, cause wrestling, too. It is purposefully exaggerated, yeah, which, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's kind of what, you know, fake wrestling is. It's just mm-hmm. exaggeration, but I think it's just uh, more of a, you know, the more ridiculous the move is, the higher the cathartic level on the whole scene, and yeah. it they they know that it's ridiculous and they really lean into that and play it way up and just have him throw the dude a country mile. Mm-hmm. And I like that every single person like can't take their eyes off it, you know. Oh yeah, um, which is really cool. But then like Shia's immediately in the hospital. We get like a couple quick cuts, and then they're in the car to Florida, and like Shia is alive, and then that's it. Like that was so fast. Like I kind of wanted to see like uh, Thomas Hayden Church be like, "Yo, you did the atomic throw," and like. I still have questions of, like, what's going to happen? Are they just all leaving to go to Florida? Like, did she quit her job? Is he... I don't know. But maybe it's just me wanting answers to the questions they bring up this movie. Because, like, there's the call that Dakota has when they're at the diner with her boss. And they're going to possibly transfer him to, like, a worse location. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just want a little bit more closure. But I understand kind of why they ended the way they did. Yeah, I didn't have, I didn't have much trouble with that. Um, I didn't mind, you know, like... It would have there would have been a fun scene if they talked to Redneck and he'd been like, "Yeah, you did the throw," but I don't mm-hmm. think they needed that because you know that would have happened. Right. Um, I I think specifically the scene from the hospital to the car is so short mm-hmm. uh, because of the whole the whole tone of the movie has been like building relationships and family and positivity, so they want that in there. But they don't want to dwell on the negative and just kind of want to get back to like a nice, like denouement. So the, right. the I I think that's probably why it was so short. Um, apparently, the studio at one point approached the directors to, with the idea that Shia is or um, Tyler is not in the back seat at the mm. final scene there, and they said. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need no a happy shot. ending. <laughs> we don't need no cliffhanger. Like, is he dead? Is he alive? Mm-hmm. No, I, I I agree with their choice in that matter for sure. Oh, 100%. And, like, I guess to that, though, like, the weakest part of this movie is, like, the, what is it, Rat Boy and Duncan or whatever his name is, like, chasing them. Like, I don't know. I don't know if we needed that in this movie. Like, we need a reason for a shy to be on the run. But, like, I didn't really need that conflict in this movie. Like, it's enough for just um, to try to get Zach to this wrestling school, in my opinion. Um, I think it. I think it's good. I think it adds tension. Um, I think that it would be very relaxed, like, lacking in... Like, it, it essentially just puts a ticking clock on it, which... Sure. For, like, it's not a, it's not a thriller of a movie, but if you want to keep suspense, you know... There's got to be a timeline. 
And I mean, this man's wrestling school has been closed for 10 years. So realistically, <laughs> they could have meandered down there over several weeks. But, mm-hmm. you know, having the the fuse burning behind you kind of just, even if they're not on screen often or anything, is uh, it keeps, just kind of keeps that moving forward, keeps, sure. keeps it tense. I guess I, I, I always, I just like forgot about them whenever they weren't on screen. Like, Oh, they yeah. show up, I mean, we have not... conflict, but like when they're not there, I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm chilling. <laughs> chilling with the boys right now. It's a great Yeah, thing. they're not especially memorable, that's for sure. But yeah. uh, I do, I would like to say that never has there ever been a more perfect casting than Yellow Wolf as Rat Boy. <laughs> um, because it's like, su- like, cast the character is Southern White Trash, and they're like, hmm, Yellow Wolf would work. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, he works. Well, I will say when they beat Shia up in the beginning, he like spits on him and then like rubs dirt in the spit. I'm like, God damn! Like that's, that's some savage shit right yeah, there. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty over the top. Very uh, cartoony almost. Yeah, but you know it worked. I will say I did appreciate at least what was in the beginning. Like one of the first times when they are in conflict, Duncan's like, "I'm gonna hit you with a tire iron," and then at the end of the movie. He does. <laughs> That's there, what he ends up doing. Like, watching it back, there are a lot of lines that are like cheeky, tip of the cap foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Like they do that pretty often, where it's like no one's gonna die here tonight, and it's like, uh, like maybe. <laughs> so I think um, it works well. Though. I, I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. No. It's and it's not it's not obnoxious and it's not obvious on a first viewing. Yeah, uh, but then later on you're like, oh yeah, he's got a tire iron. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> there it is. Um, do you? What do you think about the Jasper stuff? Do you think it could have gone for longer, or is that, is that just me? Um, I don't think it was uh, too short necessarily. I think that this movie definitely. This movie feels like a movie that was made to be two hours with. Uh, specified crumple zones like you mm, know when a car sure. crashes it has mm-hmm, specific mm-hmm. areas where it can uh Deformed, crumple like without you. yeah without without harming anyone inside right uh i think that the, this movie's plot works the same way because like yes they could have done 25 minutes with jasper but i don't think the movie loses anything by just having them stop in say hi quick baptism scene just mm-hmm. like more, it's it's world building for that you know that area that region. Sure. Okay, yeah, I buy that. I just felt like he's he seemed like this kind of sage, and I'm like, okay, are we gonna get like a life lesson here? And it's like, no, nah. <laughs> like do a little baptism, build a boat, and be on your way. Um, yeah, which like yeah, that's fine. Um, and then yeah, last thing I wanted to touch on is Tom Thomas Hayden Church. I love this dude. I I love him in uh, Easy A. I don't know if you've seen that movie. But he's great in that. I've not. I've and not. then um, he's good in Spider-Man too. But uh, he's just like a the perfect casting for like a pro wrestler. Where he's like you know, he's a big dude with a deep voice, and I just really liked him in this movie a lot. Yeah, I thought that was it was definitely the right casting. I also thought it was a kind of a neat tip of the cap that uh, there are a couple of uh, former WWE wrestlers in mm-hmm. the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, McFoley's the the announcer for the yeah yeah, the belt. and then. Samson is Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, I didn't know um, that one. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you can rest assured that in that fight scene with Zach and Samson, uh, Zach wasn't hurt because Jake Roberts knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, 
And when he's saying about how he's been wrestling for 38 years, like that's probably a, a pretty close approximation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say it was funny when they showed up at the ring and immediately the dude's like hit with a chair, he's bleeding and shit. It's like this is some underground, you know, backyard wrestling, dude. This isn't, oh, this isn't yeah. for TV. <laughs> oh no, no, yeah, they they had to make laws against that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll show my WWE nerd here a little bit. Um, no longer, but. I, I had a I had a phase. Um, no, they they had to outlaw blood because there was a big lawsuit by a guy. Because what they used to do is hide razor blades in their like wristbands, mm. and then slice slice open their forehead right underneath their hairline. Right. Because there are a lot of uh, capillaries there, mm-hmm. so you get a lot of blood with a pretty superficial cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, one guy got HIV from that. Oh, so. Yeah. That that pretty much That'll shut do down the whole bleeding ordeal. Yeah, which like makes sense, you know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it just you know, the, it's a product for children, so mm-hmm. you you know you don't need to be just dripping blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. I will say, like, I never got into wrestling, but I think I would have if I had been exposed to it at a young age, because I've been it's I've learned over time that like there's a lot of overlap between video game fans and wrestling fans. I think because of just like the storylines and this kind of the the nature of it, like the um, exaggerated nature of everything. So I think if, yeah. if when I was younger, if I had watched, it, I probably would have got into it. But unfortunately, I, the time is time has passed for me. No, I uh, pretty much lost my mind when I was like 19 years old. So that's when I got into it, and <laughs> followed it for a couple of years, and it's 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 good for what it is. Like the it's not that anyone thinks it's real. Like it's right. just a. It's a performance. It's like theater. Yeah. That's really fun theater. Well, and to that, too, I also loved when Zach came out of the barn with, like, oh the, yeah, you know, super shoddy costume. And everyone's like, what the <laughs> fuck? But then he starts, like, hamming it up. And everyone's like, this is awesome. Like, this guy's this guy's great. You know, like, that was a really cathartic scene to watch, too. And yeah, he's, he's great at working the crowd. You love to see it. Yeah. There's just so much good stuff in this movie. Um, I could easily recommend this to, to anybody, but... Uh, I often do, actually. Like, we've had a couple movies where I'm like, yeah, if someone asks me for, like, a dramatic rom-com with a sci-fi twist, I'll (laughs) I'll tell them to watch (laughs) About Time. But I'm not going to just be like, hey, what's a movie I should watch? I'm not going to say About Time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If someone says, hey, what's a movie I should watch? I might say Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh, yeah. First, I say Into the Spider-Verse, because that's the best movie ever made. And then I might say (laughs) Peanut Butter Falcon. (laughs) This is also a great movie. Yeah. A, a close second, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to talk about with this movie? Um, no, I can't think of anything. All right. Well, there you go. It's like it. There's just it's. There's not a ton to it. Yeah. It's just like yeah. it's a short movie. It's a nice little light comedy with a, some heavier notes and just works. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And as far as recommendations based on this movie. The one I would recommend, which I think I like slightly more, um, is Hunt for the Wilder People. Uh, have you seen this one, Perk? Uh, I've not. This is a Taika Waititi movie um, about a kid, kind of delinquent kid, who passed around foster parents and stuff, runs away into the New Zealand kind of uh, bush, and then the dad has to go like find him. And... It is a fantastic film. It is so funny. It's that dry kind of New Zealand humor that Taika is known for. Um, a lot of heartwarming scenes. 
Um, very, very similar kind of movie to this one and like two people on the run. Um, but yeah, I think it, the comedy in that one in particular is just absolutely outstanding. So uh, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, but yeah, Perk, what's, what's your recommendation based on this movie? Yeah, so I went with like the the shortest possible smallest connection I could make, but I said Birdman, uh, mm-hmm. the Michael Keaton film that should have won him Best Actor <laughs> and should have won Best Picture. I agree. Um, and yeah, so that it, it the connection I made is that near the end of this movie we talked about at in the in the ring when he pulls off the atomic throw or whatever and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. chucks this, you know, 270 pound man (laughs) about 10 feet in the air. And like, it is very clearly dramatized and very clearly like a touch of fantasy in there near the end of Birdman, There's a, you've not seen it, right? I have, I have. Oh, you have? Well, Mm -hmm. maybe the audience has it and maybe we'll watch it someday, but the near the end, there's a, a moment of like this whole because that's the same thing with this movie everything's been grounded all the way through and then mm-hmm. at the end the throw just kind of uh transcends reality a little bit yeah there's a bit of a transcendent moment at the near the end of Birdman, mm-hmm. um which and it reminded me of that oh, that's a good shot i i if you, you said Birdman before i'm like what the fuck but that makes a lot of sense so you, I, you know what i'm I talking about you. though right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's a it's a good connection i like it it's um, very thin, but <laughs> I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. So yeah, that is the Peanut Butter Falcon. Highly recommended. Um, if you don't mind getting spoiled and you haven't watched it, then we're telling you now. Go watch it. Um, but now let's get into our bonus reviews, aka what we watched over winter break while me and Perk were were away. Um, I have. Uh, I'll start, and then we can we can alternate here. So sure. Yeah. As everyone knows who's been listening to this podcast, I've been doing my Matrix. Movies in review. Uh, one, two, and three. One, fantastic, still holds up. Two and three, don't watch them. <laughs> Not that good. <laughs> I watched Resurrections on HBO Max, and Perk, I was very excited for this movie. Um, I know you were. Some of the best trailers of recent memory, I think, that I've seen. I really, really like the trailers of this movie. Um, and then it came out, and I was hearing a lot of mixed reviews. And I'm like, okay, some people are absolutely loving it. Some people are absolutely hating this movie. What is it? What's going to happen when I watch it? And here's what I'll say. I don't, as again, as a movie, as a pure movie, this is probably my second favorite Matrix movie. Um, that being but like said. like the bar is on the ground. The bar is on the ground, like you said. Like getting above Matrix 2 and 3 is not that hard to do. I think the thing I can praise it for the most is the lore they introduce. Like the lore of what happened after the original trilogy with the machines and the people I think is really interesting. And I wish they kind of would have gone into it more than they ended up doing. But besides that, it's fine. I think the biggest disappointment is that the action in this movie is just a snooze fest, which like you would not predict in the modern era. Like this is post John wick era and post mission impossible five and six era. Like how are you having action? That's this boring. Um, it's kind of surprising, especially because Chad Stahalski who was the director for the John Wick movies is he's, he, he's an actor in this movie, but I imagine he probably had some input on the action scenes themselves. I don't know. It's just like how, how is a matrix movie have this boring of action in 2021? Um, so that was boring and unfortunate. And then the plot like is fine. The acting's fine. I think they do some interesting stuff, very meta stuff where 
Lana Wachowski is very clearly upset that she had to make this movie. Like Warner Brothers kind of forced her to make this um, as kind of a money grab. Um, and really? She very, very clearly <laughs> comments on that in this movie. Um, okay. So like if you, I would say like if you want to watch the first like 30 minutes just to get that stuff, that's can be that's kind of interesting. But yeah, like overall didn't really give itself enough of a reason to exist um, and just kind of a disappointment overall. So um, it's sad. I don't know if we'll get another Matrix movie ever. Um, if we probably will because the Matrix is a massive property. But um, yeah, it's not 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 that good, unfortunately, Perk. That is uh that's too bad to hear. But yeah, I um I didn't know because you know you see a a reboot like this usually when it's super phoned in the original directors are not attached. Right. But I. If what you're saying is true, this movie kind of exists as a, a middle finger to the studio from Lana Wachowski. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Okay, which is interesting sense. Like, why they greenlight it? I don't know. It's it's very strange. Like, I I would I want to see an article about this movie in a few months of like what really happened behind the scenes. Because um, maybe that's the reason they didn't get both Wachowskis. Is like one of the other one was like, I'm not doing this shit. Lily was like, Nah, I'm I'm not doing it. Yeah, um, like we don't need another one. We didn't even need two and three, but we went for it. <laughs> exactly. So, all I'll say is, if you've never seen a Matrix movie ever, watch one and then stop there. Like one is a fantastic film, still holds up, and it ends on a note where you're like, yeah, like we're good. Um, don't don't bother yourself with <laughs> watching the rest of these movies. Yeah, that's uh, it's tragic because you know one of these times, yeah, I it's just a trend now where. The only thing Hollywood does is reboot and remake mm-hmm. IP, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and they really shy away from anything creative, which is why more and more I just find myself watching indie movies. Yep. Because there's occasionally like a new story, but it's so rare that you find a blockbuster without like you know a it's a sequel or there's a superhero attached mm-hmm. or or mm-hmm. something like that. So. Yeah. No, for sure. But uh, yeah, what what. Movie, do you want to talk about first? Yeah, okay. So I'll go with uh, Lamb. Uh, as just mentioned, uh, I claim to watch independent movies, but really I'm just <laughs> a shill for A24. Um, they put out good stuff, all right? They do put out good stuff. Uh, Lamb is a minimalistic horror film. Okay. Um, and it is uh, in Icelandic. So okay. you, you got to watch it subbed, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no complaints there. It, uh, is the, the premise is that these two Icelandic sheep farmers at one point find, uh, a, sh- a sheep that gave birth to a hybrid baby, um, like part sheep, part human. Mm-hmm. And it's it revolves around what happens next and i'm not going to say much more cuz it's just it's it such an interesting concept um it is very reserved uh it is quiet you know just it but it's chilling like mm. it it's hard to explain how a horror movie can be so small but and i, I for the most part it's not really a horror movie but there are scenes where it's just like, you know, a wide of their cottage at the foot of a hill or a giant mountain in Iceland. Mm-hmm. And the score just 
like creeps in sinisterly mm, and mm-hmm. oh and then it uh at the end there's a there's some moments of kind of more actual horror throughout the movie but near the end there's a wow type moment uh which really really caught me off guard and i i wouldn't really say it's too much of a spoiler to say that there is a moment like that some people sure. think that but uh, so it's not really it, a jump scary movie it's more of just like a disturbing haunting there's there's like two maybe three jump scares but most of the time they're not like there's one where it it just hard cuts to something that's shocking and mm-hmm. but it, the the score doesn't really play it too hugely it's almost just like a, an afterthought there's there's a, a moment a couple moments that really kind of just hit and there's a score swell and there's a hard cut and it's near the end of the movie near the climax it's really really fantastic it mm-hmm. totally pays off um cuz it's a more of just like a family drama uh, yeah. up until you know it becomes more of a kind of existential horror so <laughs> and are if you... you're looking for a very uh like different movie mm-hmm. like something out of left field it's not based on i mean it might be based on an ip i haven't done the research but it uh it, it it's just way out there and it's something that will shock you and it is not like anything you've ever seen Hmm. yeah it sounds absolutely crazy and are you are you a horror guy i can't remember uh no i'm a baby so (laughs) for the most part i steer away but i dabble so like uh get out really Hmm. really love that movie um still haven't seen it (laughs) you haven't seen oh come on i don't watch movies that much that's why we're doing this podcast i don't watch movies i watch shows you know yeah it's kind of worked out that this podcast has turned into uh perk shows jacob <laughs> movies he's seen but yeah that's um fine. that's fine with me because it lets me revisit some movies i haven't watched in a long time <laughs> and get to appreciate them through a different lens yeah no for sure <laughs> oh but yeah get out and uh like what's the john krasinski one oh, quiet, uh, place. quiet place mm-hmm. like those kind of movies i love i'm just right. i'm a sucker i can't deal with just pure jump scare like traditional horror movies that's just not my vibe yeah no i remember there's a halloween back in high school uh where me and some friends watched insidious and i'm like no thank you i never need to watch a horror movie ever again the movie scared the absolute <laughs> shit out of me uh yeah I'm, I'm a big baby when it comes to horror stuff but, uh i will say i like the i like the classic horrors though like i watched halloween for the first time that's mm. a it's a really good movie I, I it's more of a slasher than a horror but yeah I, and like I, I don't hate slashers and like John Carpenter's The Thing, mm-hmm. really, really fantastic movie. So it's just, it, it's got to, there's got to be substance to it. If it's just going to be jump scare after jump scare, I'm just, I'm going to get sad. Right. right, exactly. Well, you know, it's not a horror movie. The King's Man, which is another movie I watched over break. Uh, this All is right. a prequel to the Kingsman movies, and I'm a massive fan of Kingsman One. I think it's one of the best action movies of modern, the modern era. Um, I never saw Kingsman 2, though, for some reason. I think I heard it wasn't as good, and I just never got around to it, unfortunately. I still I want to watch it now, but uh, The Kingsman is a prequel, and I'll say this movie very like really surprised me. It's not a traditional Kingsman movie, and that's much more serious than you'd expect it to be. Um, the action is still very like frenetic, and the camera work is still phenomenal. 
um, as you'd expect from a Kingsman movie, but very serious. Um, it's set in World War One, I, I think. And I, oh yeah, it's World War One because <laughs> I'll say if you're gonna watch this movie, maybe just watch a quick YouTube video on World War One because they do. There's a <laughs> lot of political stuff they mentioned that I'm like, I don't remember any of this shit from from uh, high school, unfortunately. And I think Was they the do. Was the Archduke it. A, a Kingsman? No, but they show like his assassination. But they're talking okay. like the three the three heads of Germany, England, and Russia were like all cousins, which I, I'm pretty sure that's a, I'm assuming that's a real thing. So I think they they kind of put in work to make everything in this movie make sense with actual history. Um, sure, because like the same actor plays all three of them, which I think is kind of fun. But uh, anyway, more serious than you expect. But I think it's a really solid movie. Ray Fiennes is fanam- uh, fantastic, um, and action is solid. A good kind of twist in the middle. And uh, it's not the best movie I've seen, you know, all year. But, like, sure. if you like action and you like Kingsman, I'd say definitely go give it a watch. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, to your comment, um, Kingsman 2 uh, g- gave me a sin that is literally a carbon copy of a sin that happened in G.I. Joe 2. Because <laughs> um, in G.I. Joe 2, hot spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen G.I. Joe 2. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think uh, you're safe on this one. Channing Tatum dies in the first like five minutes of the movie mm-hmm. and he's the he's the protagonist of the first one and he like escapes an exploding submarine war base mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like and then in the first 10 minutes of the movie gets gunned down by like random helicopter fire yep and the whole rest of the movie I sat there like he's coming back right like this <laughs> is, he's gonna pop out of like a, a wall or something no it's just he's just not around uh the carbon copy is that the trailers heavily, heavily advertise Channing Tatum. And yep. he gets frozen like five minutes into the movie and is literally frozen for the entire goddamn movie. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, I hate it. I hate it to, to an extent. Yep. I don't hate the way they did it with Dune, but that's because I had read Dune, so I knew it was coming. Because, <laughs> like, Zendaya was all over the marketing and mm-hmm. her character shows up almost at the end, but that's just how it works in the book. Yep. Um,. They actually gave her more screen time than the book would have. So yeah, I'd agree with that. Gotta yeah, no, appreciate with, yeah it. the Kingsman. I mean, yes, yeah, spoilers for Kingsman, I guess. But like, yeah, like Colin Firth dies in the first one, but then he's like in the trailers and he's in Kingsman two somehow, and it's like the fuck, like he died. Like what? What are we doing here? And I haven't seen it. Cause I don't uh, know how they bring him back, but it's like, you know, I, I will light spoiler it for you because it's the Kingsman two, and you've had your all right, time, light spoiler it, light spoiler it. The this is all revealed in the first five minutes of the movie, so okay. I'm not not ruining anything. Uh, he is back, just because, like, you know, I guess the full facial revolver shot didn't do it. <laughs> but they kill off everybody else. Like Literally all the other the whole, agents? The whole organization other than uh, Merlin Eggsy and Colin Firth. Well, then they at the end of the first one. Was the, that at the end? Well, because I don't they, think so. We're, we're really getting spoilers for Kingsman here. If you haven't it, seen it, sorry. Like, but like they, they kill blow Alan. Up the, they kill uh, um, they, what's his face? The guy from who plays uh, um, in Batman who plays Alfred, Michael Caine. Oh, they kill Michael, Michael Caine at the end of the first one because he was the corrupt person. Right. I think there was only one other agent left besides um, uh, Eggsy. Yeah. Which was the girl, and then Merlin. So it was it was kind of a skeleton crew at the end of the first one. Uh, it could have been, second, but the they so they leave more people. 
in, at the beginning of the second one, they blow up like the headquarters, which drives them to go to uh, America, which is mm. Channing Tatum's sect. Right, but, right, right. Um, that actually did that kind of won me because I really, really didn't like Roxy. Mm, sure. The 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 character that uh, got Eggsy's role because Eggsy got kicked out, and that's the only reason she got the role. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, and she has literally one job, and it's to float up and shoot a satellite, <laughs> and she botches it because, of course, she does. She's just worthless for the entire first movie. Got to so when she first. got killed, when she got killed at the beginning of the second, I was like, oh, oh no, not Roxy. <laughs> uh, hey, it's not her fault. It's the writer's fault for making. Her no, that it's the way. writer's fault. That's always how it is. Uh, well, that's, like that's I, the, you know, like... I can't hate Marie Fred. Yeah. I have to hate the Letterkenny writers. Well, are we getting into Letterkenny right now? You want to do it? Because we, we, we watched uh, Season 10 of Letterkenny together, um, and you've been doing your rewatch re- lately. But Yeah, uh, I did a full full rerun. I got to say, I really, really enjoyed this season. I, I've always I liked a big it. fan. I always liked Letterkenny, but I think this season in particular was a very solid all-around. Um, in particular, the episodes, the, the Dick episode... The dicks are always a hilarious <laughs> family Just to be so, around. So cleverly written. I, I can't even imagine all the thought that goes into writing is, those Is clever the word? Like, I want to agree with you, but it's just, like, the most vulgar shit they can get away with. And just nonstop. And it is, it's impressive. <laughs> you know, it's so impressive and hilarious. It's a feat. Yeah. Um, the prostate episode I really like. Um, just because it shows how men are, like, kind of pussies when it comes to, like, medical shit compared to women. Um, yeah. Which is really funny, and then the TikTok uh, parody episode they call it VidVoc. Uh, just the hockey players, the, the videos they make. The players TikTok is so good. Murders me. I I rewatched it with my friend here, and I just, I was just laughing at the top of my lungs. I, that shit absolutely kills me. So like this season, I think is just outstanding. If you have not watched Loader Kenny, what are you doing? And then what was the last movie you watched, Perk? Uh, so I watched Don't Look Up. I'm interested in your thoughts because I've been wanting to watch this movie, but I keep hearing people say, like, it's fine. So it's uh, Netflix original, Mm -hmm. and it's starring uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence, who are both very, very good actors. Mm -hmm. And in a shocking turn of events, they do a very good job in this movie. (laughs) Um, So the premise is that there's a giant meteor that's going to come hit Earth, and... The plot revolves around this one. I won't spoil because it just came out. But the plot revolves around what they're gonna do about it. Uh, some some tug of war going on between different parties in the world, um, and it's it's pr- it's pretty funny. It's mm-hmm. like at least a good portion comedy. Uh, a lot of the comedy fo- stems from uh, what's her name, Meryl Streep as the president and mm. Jonah Hill. Her chief of staff, who's also her son, mm. <laughs> um, and it, it's pretty well thought out. It's a obviously a metaphor for a lot of things going on in the current political landscape and the mm. and the previous political landscape. But and what I was most worried about, why I was hesitating to watch this film, was I just assumed it was going to be very very preachy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the Hollywood stuff that comes out is like Republicans bad, mm-hmm. Democrats good, and uh, it it steers away from that. It's not 
it's pretty heavy-handed, but it's through metaphors where it's pretty clever. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it at least logically follows it's not just a... Like, there are some jokes at the expense of uh, Republicans, mm-hmm. which are pretty funny. Like, at one point, <laughs> the like the world is potentially ending and the like Fox News opens up and it's like today's headline topless ER nurses <laughs> which is very like, uh, very accurate that that is exactly <laughs> what they'd be talking about of course an exaggeration but what well, it is not it's uh, Adam McKay who is known yes. am I like to me he's a big short guy which is an absolutely outstanding movie a um, very well written film and it it clearly translated yeah and he he's kind of getting it he used to be a comedy writer mostly but now he's getting more into these kind of more political movies to kind of like send like give more message-based kind of films um something interesting i heard today about this movie because actually they wrote this back in 2018 uh about like climate change essentially was kind of the main thing sure and then covid hit and then you know it delayed it but like because most people watching it now i think it's about covid but it's like yeah, no, it, it, it was written pre pre pandemic, which is just insane. It's funny how just time repeats itself, and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know the cycle of societal stupidity is just it's on a it's on a track that goes. Will it ever end? I doubt it. No, 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 no. Yeah, but so yeah, would it's, you, it's would very you applicable. It I would. I'd okay. say I'd say give it a watch. Uh, I think the writing, the some of the humor doesn't really hit, but the writing is good. The plot is interesting. It is an original work. Like it's <laughs> maybe it's based on a book again, but like it's not a remake of a seventies mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the acting is all really, really solid. Um, also, uh, Timothy Chalamet. Forgot to mention him, but he's yep. in there a good portion. Yep. And he. Yeah, I mean, the ca- they have a lot of good cameos. I think they're in the trailers and stuff. So there is a ton of him, but... yeah. The cast is ridiculous. Yeah. Again, as as these movies often have but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah I, I wasn't watch this week. I, yeah i wasn't expecting it to be good i wasn't <laughs> expecting it to be good at all but yeah it, it was it far exceeded my expectations worth a watch oh yeah uh all right well that's our show for this week uh next week we'll be watching the social network and you might be saying have you guys both not seen the social network and you're right i have not seen it because i'm jacob and that's you know i don't watch movies apparently so we're watching the social network. Yeah. Uh, it's on Netflix, and I'm the main thing I'm excited about Perk is seeing more Garfield because just saw him in uh, Spider Man, which um, whatever. If you haven't seen it yet, it's your problem. Uh, and I need more Garf in my life, so uh, I'm excited to see him. He, yeah, he's so that was I think the first I'd seen of him, and I thought he was really really good in that movie, and I was super excited to see where he'd go next. Mm-hmm. And then he went and did bad Spider Man movies, and I was like, oh, well, they're not that bad. The first one's solid. They're not good. <laughs> he's good in Especially them. when you have other Spider-Mans to compare to. Yeah, but he's he's good in those movies. He's say. good. He's fantastic because he's a really good actor. But this movie, he's a, a shining star. Yeah. Um. No, I, I look forward to hearing your thoughts, and I really look forward to watching it again. This is a movie I've rewatched a few times just because it's a really, really good watch. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've, uh, you've probably seen other Aaron Sorkin films. I don't know if I have actually. I'm being honest. What uh, else have you done? That could be a fun. Uh, he he wrote like the West Wing TV show. I see. I need to watch um, that show. I keep hearing about it, and people love that show. So he his big thing is he writes really tight, 
uh, almost inhuman dialogue. Mm. But it's like pretty aesthetically good. Like, and he's a very very sharp writer. So, and uh, if I'd say one thing, to oh, look he had a few good for, men. Love the movie. Yeah, he. I mean, he's been around. Yeah, you, you know what he's doing. But uh, if I had one thing, I'd say look out for in this movie. Maybe pay attention, a little extra attention. Uh, the Oscar-winning score mm. by uh, Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails and Atticus okay. Ross. Okay. Yeah, um, I'll, uh, it's an absolutely that. outstanding, like in a, you know, in a movie world where so many movies you hear have this big orchestral, um, nonsensical, ridiculous mm-hmm, score. Mm-hmm. All all good, of course, but it's it's out there. It's creative. It's different. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm also excited to see the Zuck portrayed because he's been so much more in the media lately. Uh, how that, how Jesse Eisberg's gonna like portray him? I think it'll be interesting to see. So we'll uh, talk about that next week. Yeah, I, I have my own <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> we'll get into that. So yeah, Social Network on Netflix uh, for next week. Um, but until next time, thanks for watching. Bye. Bye bye.